I'm the Failing Youth Pastor, and welcome to the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast. Welcome to another mediocre episode of the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Travis Barry, aka the Failing Youth Pastor. It has been amazing uh, seeing the response from the podcast that I've posted. We got a lot of great feedback from the last one where my wife was on. And I just want to thank you guys so much for listening, for commenting, for reviewing the podcast on iTunes and in other places where you can do that sort of thing. It really is a blessing to me. You know, I don't really beg or ask for reviews and, and rates and stuff like that because that's not what this is about. It's not about getting my name out there or anything like that. It's about helping youth pastors and leaders become better pastors and leaders. That's what this is really about. You know, the the reviews and stuff, it's great to get that, but I love the feedback on Twitter when people just hit me up and say, hey, this really blessed me. I really appreciated that. That to me just is is so overwhelming. It's so amazing. And I'm just grateful that I get to do this. And I I just really appreciate all of you for tuning in, for listening and um, yeah, you're the reason why I do it. So thank you so much for the encouragement and thank you for listening to the podcast. It really is amazing. With that, I think we should just uh, dive in to the podcast and to the meat of this episode, which is, and I didn't even say this is episode 11. We're going to be talking about parents and uh, ministering to parents. How do you do ministry to parents. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the meat section of the podcast today. But before we get to that, we have to take care of some really fake business with our really fake sponsor of the day. Our sponsor for this episode of the Failing Youth Pastor podcast is BotSpot for Twitter. I'm really excited about this because being on Twitter, um, it, it is so hard sometimes to spot the bot. So I'm really glad to have this fake sponsor on board. BotSpot for Twitter is the number one Twitter bot spotter on the market. This app runs quietly in the background of your device and collects a small amount of your most private communications, but it's totally worth it because BotSpot will stop bots in their tracks by replying to any tweet you dislike in all caps with a simple word, BOT. Got a Democrat talking socialism nonsense? BOT. Mega maniacs posting about the Donald's latest escapade? BOT. Essential oil salesman replies to you trying to get you to buy lilac oils and all you did was tweet a picture of your cute cats? Bot. Blot out all the people you can't stand with bot spot. Also, when you buy a year-long subscription, you get the Facebook bot spot for free. It will automatically post bot on every post that has anything related to Lula Row. Trust me, this app is worth every penny you'll spend on it and the possible identity theft that may happen. Get the app today on the App Store or Google Play or find out more about it at botspot.com.net.org. Get those bots spotted today. 
Let's get to the meat of this podcast and let's talk about ministering to parents. So when I posted the poll on Twitter, um, this topic was tied with when to leave or when to stay. But I, I went with this one instead. And this topic is not as well laid out as some of the other ones I've done. And I think for some of you, you're going to be able to tell that my thoughts are probably going to be a little bit disjointed on this because it's not as well laid out. And some of you are going to like that because I'm kind of riffing and others of you are going to hate that because I'm not as precise as some of the other episodes. But I decided, you know what, it's important to get this podcast out and I want to get episodes into your hands and into your earbuds. And so the first thing I say, and so a lot, don't I? As I've been listening to the podcast, I've noticed that. I say and so a lot. So if I say and so too often, if you could reply to me on Twitter and so, that would be great. (laughs) I think that would be funny if just my Twitter feed just starts, if I just start seeing and so just blasted on my notifications, I think that would be funny. So the first thing that I want to highlight, if you are going to do any sort of ministry to parents... It has to start with communication. Communication is key. Communication and how you get information into the hands of parents is important. And so you need to formulate a communication strategy. You need to ask yourself, how am I going to inform and encourage parents on a regular basis? How am I going to do that? And so there's four main ways that I do that in my ministry. The first one is through a weekly newsletter. Now, the newsletter goes out to everybody. It goes out to students. It goes out to parents. It goes out through email, and it goes out through our social media as well. And you can just link to it because it's an online newsletter that I keep updating and then send out. That's our main form of communication that gets sent out to parents, but they know, okay, this is where I can go to find information of what's coming up. So that's the first form of communication that we have. The second is through text messages. So we use the Remind app. If you've never heard of the Remind app, it's amazing. It's great. It was created for teachers to use with students, but it is a it is a great app and it's free to use. And we use that to send out the link to the newsletter. And so people can just click that link on their phones and they get to see the newsletter. And we also post it, we use it rather to send out, Hey, this is coming up. Make sure to register. You can put links in there. You can put graphics in there. There's other things that you can do with that app that I really, really like. And if the person that's receiving it has a smartphone, they can access that through their smartphone. So we've done events where we had to use RSVPs and you could post the link to get to the webpage to RSVP right in that text message. So we utilize that quite often. We use that for parents and students. The third thing is social media. Obviously, um, social media in this day and age, it helps to have some sort of public profile up there for your youth ministry or your church. If your church has a social media account that is well run and that you have access to, go ahead and use that. Send students to that, post pictures on that, all of that good stuff. 
But here's the deal. People think that just students are on social media. Just your students are on Instagram. Well, a lot of their parents are on Facebook. So set up a Facebook group and uh, post your stuff there. Get that into their hands as much as you can. Get that information into their hands as best you can. And then the fourth thing that we do is we utilize the church bulletin. Yes, it's it's old. Yes, it's kind of boring. It's stale. But people that are coming to church oftentimes read it. Not as many read it as I would like, but it's another form of communication. So if you have something that's really needs to get into the the wider church, if you're doing a fundraiser or something like that, that's a great way to get eyes on your information. We don't use, I don't use the bulletin as my main communication tool. And a big part of that is because a lot of times there is no feedback from that. You don't get a reply from that, right? You can't put a link into the bulletin. I've seen churches who put long links in the bulletins and I'm like, what are you thinking? Haven't you ever heard of Bitly? Okay. But honestly, oftentimes um, I found that the bulletin is just not a great way to communicate. And so if we didn't have to have the church bulletin, if they, if the churches that I work with were like, look, we can't fit youth stuff in the bulletin, I would be fine. I would be just fine with it. I would say, okay, we, we have other forms of communication with the parents in our ministry and with the students in our ministry that we don't need the church bulletin. We're not relying on that. And I would encourage that for youth ministry don't rely on the church bulletin to get your information into the hands of people, unless, of course, it's a church-wide thing, or uh, especially in this season, you probably have new students coming into the youth ministry. Like if you have sixth graders and they were fifth graders last year, maybe they're not signed up for your emails, especially if their parents didn't have kids in the ministry before. Um, and so making sure that they get that information is vital but you don't have to rely on the bulletin for a lot of that communication stuff. You should have a plan and a strategy in place to communicate with these parents. The second thing on ministry to parents that I want to point out and I want to highlight, and this is where maybe I'm I'm going to get some pushback from people, and I totally get it. I totally understand it. And if I'm not speaking well or you need clarification, please hit me up on Twitter, at FailingYouthPTR. I want to interact with you guys and gals. I want to interact with you. I want to hear from you. I think parent ministry needs to be a whole church priority. I do not think that parent ministry should fall on the shoulders of the youth guy. I just don't. I don't think that the youth pastor, the youth minister is the primary person who should be doing ministry to parents. And there's a few reasons why I think this. Number one is your age. Most likely, you are a younger guy. Look, I'm old for being in youth ministry. I'm 32 years old. That's old for being in youth ministry. Now, I've heard some numbers that the average age of a youth worker is like 35 or something, which I think is amazing. I think there should be more older people doing youth ministry because youth ministry needs some wisdom in it, right? Can I get an amen? Okay, <laughs> enough with the with the soapbox on that. But I'm older for a lot of youth ministries, and I have two small children, right? I have a child who's five and a child who's three. 
And so, yeah, I know that Paul told Timothy not to let anyone look down on you because of your age, but do you honestly think that Paul would have written that if he thought that his age wouldn't have been a hindrance? Like, think about this for a moment. The reason why Paul wrote that to Timothy is because Paul knew that that would be a hurdle or at least a speed bump that people would have to get over in order for Timothy to do effective ministry. You can say true and right things to parents from a biblical perspective, but you have to keep in mind what they're probably thinking, which is, what does this kid know? Right? They're looking at you like you're a kid. What does this kid know? And so the reason why I think having it be a church priority is so important is because there's lots of people in your church who maybe are more effective mouthpieces for parent ministry than you are. The second reason why I think it needs to be a church priority is your lack of experience. Most likely, if you're listening to this, you don't have teenage kids. Maybe you do. If you're in youth ministry and you have teenage kids, that's awesome. That's amazing. I have a five and a three-year-old. And so I haven't been tested, and you probably haven't been tested, with the challenges of parenting a teen. Sure, you have to deal with them on Wednesday nights. You have to deal with them uh, on, on Sundays. You have to deal with them on trips and events and retreats. So you have that experience with the kids of, of parents, but you don't know what it's like to have a kid, to have a teenager in your home that you have that parental authority over. And that's different. That is different than just being a youth pastor. Parents need to know, I believe, that they're going to make it through this stage. Because teenagers, you know, they're trying to find out, quote unquote, who they are. And oftentimes they pull away from parents a little bit to try to figure that out. And it's easy for parents to feel like they don't have an impact. It's easy for parents to feel like they aren't making a difference in their kid's life. They are, they most definitely are, they have an influence over their teenager's life, but they don't always realize that. And it doesn't take the youth pastor to tell them that. Sometimes it takes someone who has been through the fire of parenting a teenager. It takes someone with some gray hair on their head to come alongside that parent and encourage them and bless them and to care for them and to walk with them and disciple them and mentor them. Parents need to know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to get through this. They're going to get through when times are tough, when times are a struggle. And through the Holy Spirit, they're going to be able to minister to their kids effectively, even when they're teenagers. And they need somebody, I believe they need somebody who has walked through it or is walking through it to be alongside of them. And I'm probably not the best voice for that. And this brings me to kind of a side point, but I think an important side point. And the side point is this, don't give advice. Don't give parental advice to parents. They don't need that. They don't need your advice. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't give them solid biblical counsel. That's different. When you give them solid biblical counsel, that's more than just advice. If you're directing them to the pages of scripture, if you're directing them to how God calls them to parent their children, and that they should be parenting their children in a way that honors and glorifies Jesus Christ, 
That's different than just giving parental advice. If you're going to give advice, or if you want parents to get advice, rather, you aren't the right person for that job, most likely, most likely. I'm throwing caveats in there because I don't want to broad brush too much. But parents don't need to hear from you. Most often, they need to hear from people who have been through it. So don't give advice. Give biblical counsel. I think that is is perfectly permissible for a youth pastor to give to parents. One other thing is what's really helpful is providing parents resources, which is something that you can do. And it's a little bit more passive than I think a lot of people would like. And of course, it's it's going to be passive. You know, our youth group isn't huge by by any means, but we have roughly like 40 plus parents that are tied to students in our youth ministry, probably a little bit more than that, actually. You can't possibly have a relationship with that many parents, with that with that many people. You have youth leaders to minister to the students, but how often do we talk about, man, I need some I need some leaders to help with the parent side of things? We don't really talk like that. And that's why I emphasize having the church be on board and and having the church make that a priority. If the church makes that a priority, then I think parent ministry can thrive. So how do you do it, right? That's the question. How do I do this? It's on my job description that I'm responsible for parent ministry. How do I go about doing parent ministry? Well, the first thing that you have to do is get the church on board. I think without a wide church strategy for effective ministry to parents, you're not going to be successful, or at least you're not going to be as successful as you could be. And often the the wider church strategy um, will involve more than just parents. It will involve everybody. It'll involve the community rallying around families to support the family, to build up the family. And let's be honest, in our day and age, the family is crumbling. The family is absolutely crumbling. I live in a, in a place in Minnesota that is heavily, heavily religious, heavily Christian, and the family is crumbling. We need to build churches that rally around families, that preach that marriage is important to God, that preach parenting, that, that honors and glorifies God and edifies the, the, the kids is important. We need to focus on these things, and the whole church should be focused on them, not just the youth ministry. So you have to get the church involved. You have to get the church on board. You're probably going to have to talk to some elders. You're going to have to go to some elder meetings. You're going to have to talk to your senior pastor. And if this is a vision that you have, if this is something that you really want to take by the horns and you want to accomplish, I think it needs to be a whole church perspective and it needs to be a whole church mission, not just your mission. If it's just your mission, you don't have enough hours in the day to do so effectively. Sure, you can add some some resources to the bottom of an email that you send out about what's coming up in, in the youth ministry. But if you're going to have an effective parent ministry, 
the whole church needs to be on board and you need to share that with them. You need to, you need to share that, that mission and that vision of having healthy families and having the whole church rally around you, having the leadership rally around you and, 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 and seeing that come to fruition. So part of that, you get them on board, but then you need to recruit some older people to be mentors. We spend a lot of time trying to get youth leaders over this summer, our youth ministry has been growing, which is amazing. It's great. It's awesome to have a ministry that is growing in numbers and in size. That's always great. It's great to have that. But you have to get youth leaders, right? You have to get eyeballs and ears to be listening and looking at what's happening in the youth ministry. And you need to get people who love kids and want to minister to students. We spend a lot of time trying to find those leaders, but we don't really spend time trying to find leaders for parent ministry, even though that may be on our job descriptions. So spend time getting to know the older people in your church and see if they would have a heart to see this mission fulfilled, to come alongside parents, to mentor them, to disciple them, to be there for them. You have to recruit those leaders if you're going to do this, just like you'd have to recruit leaders to have an effective youth ministry. And then what you have to do after you have a group of mentors that maybe you are are training, you're equipping them to be able to do this kind of stuff, you need to communicate to parents and to families the need for mentors. Lots of parents, no matter the, the age of their kids, they feel alone. They feel like no one understands what they are actually going through. I hear that over and over and over again from parents. And they need to know that other people have gone through or are going through similar struggles to what they are going through. They need to know that they're going to make it on the other side of this. That there's a way that God has ordained and that God has blessed for them to minister to their kids, to raise their kids in a godly way, and that they can get through it. But they need to know that that opportunity is there. You have to communicate with them that this opportunity is there. So you have to find the mentors and then you have to communicate that to the parents, which is why I touched on having an effective communication strategy for parents in the first place. And then here's where the hard work comes in. You have to connect parents to mentors. You have to connect the mentors to the parents. And here's what that entails. Um, And I'm saying this and I'm actually challenging myself when I say this to you because this is something that I'm processing and I'm struggling through myself. In order to connect mentors and parents, you have to know the mentors really, really well. You have to build a relationship with them. You have to know them. You have to know their strengths, their weaknesses. You have to know their personality types. But then you also have to know the parents, And this is where in the past, and even right now, I struggle a little bit in youth ministry because we have a lot of kids, we have a lot of students, and they demand a lot of time (laughs) because, you know, students can be a little nutty. But if you're going to connect mentors to parents, you better know those parents. You have to know them in order to connect them with with a mentor that they're going to get along with that they're going to understand, that they're going to relate to. And that doesn't always mean that they have to be exactly the same and everything like that. 
but you have to know these people well and you have to have a relationship with them if you're going to connect them together. But I think if you find that you get your church on board, if you get mentors like you do youth leaders and you are able to connect those two people together, the parents and the mentors, I think you have a successful parent ministry right there. I think that's a recipe for youth ministers and youth pastors to be able to effectively minister to parents. Now that we've talked about ministering to parents, it is time for the listener question of the day. Today's listener question of the day comes from Jono Marston. I hope I hope I pronounced that right. Um, and he's on Twitter at Jono Marston, J-O-N-O-M-A-R-S-T-O-N, if you want to give him some grief. This is the question that he asked. How do you deal with the difference between what the church's expectations are and what's actually happening in your youth group? And... <clears throat> This is a good question. This is a great question because let's be honest, when you get like a job description or when you look at your job description, which you should be looking at your job description every once in a while, just to make sure that you're actually doing what, you know, they're paying you to do. (laughs) Sometimes the church will have expectations that are unrealistic. And the worst part is when those expectations aren't actually written down on the job description. Some churches expect youth group to have no video games, to have no fun time, to have no fellowship time. And that's not a reality for a lot of youth ministry. Youth ministry is about relationship, just like any other ministry is. It's about building relationships. And you don't build relationships without time. And so the best way to deal with a church's expectation and what's actually happening in the youth group is through communication. You should be in constant communication with the leadership of your church so that they know what's happening in the youth group and that together you're formulating a game plan. Okay, how do we get where we are now to where we want to go? And if you're working with a team of people, if you're working with a group of, of people, that comes a lot easier. And in previous episodes, I've talked about the need to have some sort of youth council or to have a youth board. And it should be be comprised of elders and some people that are involved in the youth ministry, maybe some parents that have students in the youth ministry. And those are the people that you can go to and that you're communicating with on a regular basis and letting them know what's actually happening in the youth ministry. And they'll be able to be like, hey, so the expectation is kind of that we get to this place. And that way you can say, okay, well, how do we get there? Let's get there together. How do we do that? And it's not just you anymore. It's the church and you doing it together. So you need to have people that are overseeing the ministry and that can let you know, people that are going to have your back Uh, and let you know when things are going on, things are happening, and if some of those expectations aren't actually being said to you, you'll be informed and you'll know about them. But then you'll also have a team that you can move forward with that will be able to uh, guide you in the right direction. So the best way 
to deal with the differences in expectations from the church and what's actually happening in the youth ministry is communication. And you have to find ways that, or the best way to communicate between the church as a whole and the youth ministry. That's really the best answer that I can give you. Um, and maybe some people on Twitter will have a better answer to this. I will uh, retweet this specific tweet when the episode goes out and people can comment on that. Um, but I think that's the key. Communication is the key here, just like it is in parent ministry or any ministry for that matter. It's the key here to opening up that line of communication for the church to tell you their expectations, for you to tell them what's actually happening. And together you move forward. Jono, thank you so much for the question. I'm sure I'm probably murdering your name, but thank you for asking it anyway. And um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, look, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at FailingYouthPTR or on Instagram at FailingYouthPTR or send me an email, failingyouthpastor at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your day or evening, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Failing Youth Pastor podcast.